Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? It's never... Yeah. I love my HBCU And boy I love it, love it I love it, love it I love my HBCU And man I hope my team they won one I hope my team they won one Yeah, man I hope my team they won one I hope my team they won one I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she's tired. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> this is Dr. Bill's Inside HBC Sports Lab with the team. We're back for our fall edition. We're going to try to give you some extra, extra today. But we got the regular team together on Sunday to break down what happened on Saturday this week. Some early HBCU football in week zero. So we're going to give you all you need. Welcome to episode 297 of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports for institutions large and small from the NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture and HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs. Most importantly, the business of HBCU sports, and we've had a lot of that talk lately. So I'll give you in some HBCU sports pedagogy, right? Well, we just break it down in a way that most people can't. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-hosts, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, and B.J. Jones. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to you. In the beautiful home of Texas Southern University, you know I got to get the paycheck in there. <laughs> with that being <laughs> today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab was sponsored by THG Agency LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Let me go through the roll call. Charles, I know you've been up bright and early. Say you got on an early bike ride. How you doing this morning, man? I'm doing well, Doc. I had to get that early bike ride in this morning. I knew we were coming on, but uh Feels good to get back out there, get back in the mix, and uh, get that cardio going. Mike said he would did something. I don't know if it was a bike ride. Mike, how you doing this morning? Oh, pretty good, man. No, I wasn't. I, I'm I, unlike CB. I didn't get my bike ride in this morning. <laughs> uh, I had some other stuff to take care of, but it's good. Uh, some good football, interesting football play this weekend. So glad to be here this morning with you, fine gentlemen. I'm just honored to be on the same stage or the same microphone as BJ Jones and CB. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're talking two perennial stars, man. I'm just. 
I'm just I'm just here. I'm a fly on the wall. <laughs> that was a good one. That's how we start the season off. <laughs> yeah, that's, how, that's how we're gonna do it today. He no longer on assignment, so he's gonna come back in like that. Watch it. <laughs> With that being said, without further ado, we have the football guru, as Mike likes to call him. BJ Jones, how you doing today? Man, doing good, man. We we see we got worldwide Mike. He, he's that. <laughs> <laughs> man, 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 doing good, man. Anytime, man, you get you get an opportunity, man. Yesterday to see some HBCU ball, man, is a, a good day. That's very true. But before we go further, I would like to say condolence to you and your family. Uh, stay strong. We're here if you need anything. Please let us know. I appreciate that, Doc. Yeah. Most certainly. So you know how we jump it off with the preseason updates. Uh, number one, South Carolina State Bulldogs, and this is according to Dr. Bill's preseason uh, major division top 10 poll rankings. It is week zero, so we didn't have a lot of games, but we had some games that we chopped some of that meat off the fat, if you said, or fat off that meat so we can digest it uh, as we go to class. At number one, we have South Carolina State, uh, the reigning champions, according to the poll rankings that I've released with this team here. Uh, they start next Saturday, September the 3rd. Number two, Jackson State Tigers season starts uh, next Sunday, September the 4th, and they will play uh, number three, Florida and and Rattlers. But the Rattlers kicked it off. There's a lot of news in the lab about them, and we'll get a chance to break that down a little bit, but they lose to North Carolina. Uh, Tar Heels, 56-24. to uh, But the game was much closer to that for most of it, and um, you've certainly seen the Rattlers uh, do what they do, which a lot of people might not expect it with everything going down. We'll get into that a little bit more later on. Number four, Alabama A&M Bulldogs. Their season starts next Thursday, September the 1st. Number five, North Carolina A&T State Aggie season starts next Saturday, September the 3rd. Number six, Alcorn State Braves season starts Saturday, September the 3rd, uh, as well as number seven, the North Carolina Central Eagles season starts Saturday, September 3rd. We have a top 10 matchup, which will feature five and seven in the Duke Mayo Classic. So I'm fascinated about that. Uh, they're talking about great season ticket sales. I think they're talking about over 30000 and they may have to open up the upper deck. We saw that take place for uh, the HBCU marching sport with the National HBCU um, Battle of the Bands here in Houston. I'll give you some breakdowns on what I saw on that. Who took the house on those bands that may have taken the house? We'll give you a little love there. Alabama State Hornets defeat Howard Bison 23-13. A weird game there with several stoppages of storms came in Atlanta. They did play it out, but everybody kind of followed as they had the late, uh, late um, lightning strike with two-some minutes left in the game. Um, they were going to play it, but then maybe they weren't going to play it. And we'll talk some detail of what happened there, but that is the final. 23-13 Alabama State Hornets. Got it done for the SWAC. Coach Eddie George in his debut. He said he wanted to bring some what he thought the SWAC should should have had. A lot of people had uh, Howard Bison doing well. Not so much there. So we'll talk some more about that as well. Number 10, Norfolk State Spartan season start Saturday, September 3rd. I don't want to necessarily get into the breakdowns, but based on uh, the two major division matchups, I'm going to start with you, Charles. Which one of those stood out the most to you and why? 
Uh, I, obviously, I think uh, Florida A&M and North Carolina stood out for me because of uh, the late adversity that Florida A&M had to go through. But uh, you talk about a team that really showed themselves extremely well against the Power Five team yesterday. Uh, extremely impressed by quarterback Jeremy Moose and his performance uh, for the rallies. But uh, you know that that game was a, a tight game. Uh, it might have hinged on a, a, a coaching decision. Uh, you know whether you agree or not agree, whatever the case might be. Uh, turnover happened right before half. It kind of changed the momentum of the game a little bit to me. Uh, but I, I was extremely impressed by Florida a and yesterday. Uh, most of complete passes to, I believe, 10 different receivers. Uh, that was what stood out for me in terms of looking at the Rattlers. Uh, and, you know, j- just not having those players, not having that depth, uh, might have caught up there in the second half, uh, not getting a pass rush. But uh, I have to say, the Rattlers stood out. That, that was a great game uh, in my eyes yesterday. Charles does what he does. He give you the total breakdown. I said we're gonna go in detail later. Just some general. Ah. thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> those are my general thoughts. I, can, I hate to see you going. You gonna give you some extras and those. That's Mike data point. Good, good, good information, and I agree with those points. Mike, in terms of you, just in general, those three games, which one stood out to you, and why? Uh, I'm actually go Florida Memorial game. Um, I was watching that game. I don't know if you had a chance to see, and I, I you know, I don't know if you want to ma- major or mid major. Not if I, if I'm off, you know, forgive me. Uh, but th- I watched that game, and I thought Florida Memorial was going to run away with that game, mm-hmm. seriously. And then all of a sudden, Edward Waters, you know, pulls up, comes from behind, and three twenty one points that showed to me that Edward Waters has some heart. Uh, we can go, you know, as you say, the uh, details, Charles did what I normally do. So it was nice to see you, you know, you got him like you normally get me. So I'm, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but the fact that how competitive that game was with uh, Florida Memorial at the big cat classic, that one stands out. I, yes, I like the FAMU game and they, they hung, but that, that Florida Memorial Edward Waters game, that stood out to me. That was a big game and ended, it had a very exciting ending and a good way to kick off the season. Thank you, Mike. But uh, just like Charles, I'm going to give all of y'all F squared today. Man, I, I we haven't got to the mid-major yet. I'm glad that this show today is the actual doctoral study session. <laughs> because it is you all would be in trouble. We're going to try this one last time, B.J. Jones. In terms of those two games in the major division, which one stood out the best? See if you can stay on point. <laughs> oh, man. It, it, it was FAMU, North Carolina. Um, uh, FAMU, undermanned, and they could have easily just thrown in the towel, just showed up in Chapel Hill, and, and, and honestly just got boat raced. But that team showed a lot of heart a lot of passion. They didn't make any excuses. And it just shows you uh, the type of coach and character uh, that Willie Simmons has. And uh, he he's built that football team uh, in his own likeness. And I think that family is going to be okay this year. I think they're going to be okay. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, and B.J. Jones. B.J. Jones is the only one that knows how to stay on point, so we're going to keep him in the group. We're going to go to this quick break, and it sounds like two out of three wants to talk about the FAMU, North Carolina A&T. So right after this break, we're going to get in there. Uh, excuse me, North Carolina, Tar Heels, and FAMU. We're going to get in there and talk a little bit more about that in detail. Use some data points, break it down, and see exactly what has these guys so excited about that matchup. 
We'll talk about Florida Memorial and Edward Waters a little uh, later in the second half of the show. Stick with us after this first break. We'll be right back. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Star Backyards Yellowwood brand pressure treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always ultra thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon, so now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson, like really loves one bite of 100% Angus Beef Ballpark Frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quicker picker upper. 
Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? It's never to analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who's about. So listen to Professor, yes, sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Charles Bishop, Mike Washington, and DJ Jones. We were just talking about the top 10 matchups. We had number three in there. Um, fam, you rattle us uh, at North Carolina, 56 to 24. But let's get inside some of the numbers and see what happened in that matchup. I'm going to start back with you, BJ Jones, as you end it off. Um, what were some of the highlights that you seen in that game that's, uh, that you were excited about? Or what made that stand out for you? For me, number one was the FAMU offense. Um, FAMU last year defensively could play with anybody. Uh, they were inconsistent uh, at best uh, offensively. And a lot of people felt, no knock on Rashawn McKay, that FAMU was a quarterback away. Well, the quarterback has arrived. Uh, Jeremy Musa, he was efficient yesterday, uh, 28 of 38, uh, completing passes to, I think it was 10 different receivers. Uh, 279 yards, two touchdowns, had the one interception right there before the end of the half. But offensively, FAMU looks um, a lot better than what they did a year ago. Uh, defensively, don't know how many guys they're missing. But Isaiah Lamb was missing last night. Um, a guy who's a pass rush specialist, um, he was missing last night because they didn't get much of a pass rush uh, on North Carolina. And, and and then defensively, I don't know how much they were missing on that side of football, but you're not going to win many games giving up 7.9 yards per carry and 314 yards on the ground. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how does FAMU address that uh, defensively moving forward and can that offense continue to improve and get some of those linemen back healthy up front. Going to you, great points there, B.J. Jones. Uh, in that line, Charles – Jeremy Musa was 28-38, as you said, B.J. Jones, 279 yards, 7.3 per pass, two touchdowns, did have that interception. And I think you touched that on a little bit, uh, why you thought that was a tough call in regards to the coach putting him in that position. But give it a little more detail why that was concerning to you in terms of that matchup, in addition of, of those other comments you made in terms of, of why this stood out for you. Well, I, I mean, um, uh, and Coach Simmons addressed it. I mean, he said they came here to win the game, and I don't have an uh, issue with that whatsoever. Uh, it's just and probably for me at that point in the game, uh, you're, you're in the game. You, you know, you have an opportunity to really uh, create some havoc if you can just carry that momentum into the second half. And uh, it was just one of those things that kind of turned the game a little bit on its head, if you will, uh, because momentum is just a funny thing in football. And, and I thought North Carolina was able to get that, uh, 
get that interception right before half and kind of blunt anything that FAMU had going on. But, you know, uh, they, they look great yesterday. Uh, offensively, they, they look great. Uh, Jeremy Musa looked poised back there in the pocket. Uh, and, you know, not only did he complete, you know, pass to 10 different receivers, but uh, Xavier Smith, the man for, for Florida a and as far as their receiver, he had 10 receptions yesterday. So he was able to get to his go-to man uh, all early and often in that game. So that was uh, things that stood out for me uh, with regards to FAMU's offense. I, and to BJ's point, you're not sure how many pieces were missing on the defensive side of the ball, but obviously it was – uh, lacking from a from a pass rush standpoint, uh, North Carolina had an opportunity to really run the ball. I think they went for over 300 yards. Uh, you know, almost eight yards a pop on the, on the ground. Uh, what's a little bit concerning is FAMU, and, and you know, you take it with a grain of salt. They're going against a Power Five team, but they weren't able to run the ball uh, worth you know too much uh, yesterday. But offensively, they they look they look much better. I think that 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 is a team that's going to really. Uh, make some noise over there in the Swag East, uh, especially with Moose behind center. Yes, as you're alluding to, um, 27 carries for 56 yards total. Um, you know, they include sacks, so it's a minus nine yards on the sacks for that total. But average, as B.J. Jones alluded to, was 2.1 and just squeezed in one touchdown. They had a longer 21 that helps that average a lot. On the re- receiving side, I like what you talked about, Xavier Smith. Ten receptions, 78 yards, 7.8 a catch. He had a longer 23. Couldn't get in the end zone, but Trayvonte Davis got in there. A.J. Davis uh, also got in the end zone in terms of receiving reception on the touchdown. And one point at that game, it got to 35-24, and it was a third and 10 late in that game where you was like, hmm, is this going to get a little more interesting? Uh, mm-hmm. You got a late run for a touchdown. You had a turnover. And uh, they kind of exploded, and you saw the game get out of hand, as you both were alluding to also in terms of not having that depth going in the second half, even when you try to get a little bit of that momentum. uh, Did that hurt you? Let me go to you, Mike, and get your thoughts overall, and where are your data points that you're looking at in terms of this matchup? Yeah, I think uh, BJ and, and CB have hit a lot of the data points. You talked about Jeremy Musa and the job he did. I look at it on the other side. He was able to hit his big man, Xavier Smith. But when you could spread the ball like that uh, to, eight, you know, eight or nine different receivers, that, that to me, that sends a message. Because now you got Xavier Smith. Now you got Trevante Davis. Now you got Darian uh, Oxendine. You got David Mc. You, you got some viable threats if you are able to at least put the curve on Xavier Smith, and you've got a quarterback who can read the offense and get the ball to <clears throat> to them. So offensively, <clears throat> offensively, you know, given however many folks they have missing, they were able to execute. Um, the one the one data point I think Charles alluded to was, you know, fifty six yards rushing. You know, that's not going to do it. So, um, the but that data point of not only him passing but him spreading the ball like that. Folks in the SWAC, beware, because this looks a lot like that team from Alabama A&M that had those that three or those three or four receivers that were leading the SWAC a few years back. So looks good. I this this is a FAMU team I did not expect, but as BJ alluded to, they were one quarterback away. They found the quarterback. They have the weapons. So this looks good. They're they're still going to be formidable in the SWAC in 2022. Make no bones about it. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating when you talk about this uh, matchup 
closing out on this, but how do you take what you saw yesterday into next week's matchup against Jackson State, including the fact that you're not aware of whether they'll get any more people eligible? And we'll get a chance to talk about this more on Thursday for you, Mike, and Charles. But uh, B.J. Jones, can you take anything out of this in terms of that matchup next week? Or, Or what do you look at in terms of the matchup next week when they play Jackson State in Miami? Man, the, the biggest thing is, can FAMU build on what they did on last night? Uh, I know that we'll talk about the 56 yards uh, rushing that they had uh, offensively and didn't do a spectacular uh, job there. I will also say this. North Carolina has four and five stars. Top uh, defensive linemen in the state of North Carolina up there on that defensive line. Uh, they got uh, two five-star defensive ends, four-star defensive tackles. Uh, those are some Sunday play guys. Uh, they might not see another defensive line like that. Jackson State got some names up there, too, um, albeit young. But I, I think that that uh, front seven that they saw last night uh, might be one of the roughest that, that, that they'll see. Uh, but it's all about building um, for, for uh, FAMU. Uh, building. And how many of those guys last night that got banged up, uh, particularly on the offensive line, uh, can you get back? And then, man, just hoping and praying that you can get some of those guys back that you were missing last night um, for next week. And I'm not not sure what has to happen uh, in order for that to take place. But, uh, I mean, I mean they, I, I'm, I'm already interested in that ball game. That ball game was already circled anyway. But after last night, man, it's definitely circled. Yeah, I think the news came out Thursday and Friday. Everybody was like, ah, that next week ain't going to be nothing. <laughs> now all of a sudden people are back exactly. in with some interest maybe from a different perspective. Charles, I did want to come to you before we got too far, but I want to ask you, because you're embedded uh, being able to do the pregame show, but I want to ask you from this perspective. With that game being on tape, what do you see Jackson State coaching staff being able to do to prepare because of what their ability is to look at game tape and create a game plan? How do you see that taking place? I have a tremendous amount of confidence in uh, what Jackson State's coaches are able to adjust in what they're able to see uh, from Florida a and um, <clears throat> And the thing that kind of stood out for me yesterday is um, just from the standpoint of was FAMU's offense, were, were they were they looking at anything exotic yesterday? Were they looking at anything uh, that was uh, beyond the pale with regards to uh, your, your, your base defense? I think <clears throat> Jackson State's uh, a defensive uh, schematics next week for Florida AM, if you will. They're, they're going to mix things up quite a bit. And, uh, they're going to try to get home to Moose and make him uncomfortable back there. So those are the things that just kind of stood out for me with regards to how Jackson State was able to look at some of the things FAMU was able to do against North Carolina yesterday. Thank you for that, Charles. Yeah, I'm interested in that behind-the-scenes matchup with the tape. And I knew you could really bring us that particular because you have as bj jones talked about particular matchups do you get people back you know the confidence that you have that is important but then you also have the coaching side of it schematics you know and this is kind of that back and forth we talked about does it help you play in week zero or hurt you and you can go back and forth but the way that you broke it down in that framework you two is uh important i want to go you mike lastly quickly before we go to our second break is just what data points do you look at when you're trying to create a framework to tell the people things to look for? Yeah, so 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 going into next <clears throat> next week's matchup, 
here's kind of what I look for. And you were right. Once everybody saw that information come up, the you know the tw- the Twitterverse, the the IG, they went crazy. All oh, the orange bag bowl classic, uh, the orange blossom classic. There you go, there you go. And then I'll, after the first half, they were like, "All right, this is back on." What did they see that that changed that quick? This is a roller coaster. What did people see that changed that? And I think Jackson State's looking at, okay, this kid Moose is for real. He can spread the ball. What kind of defense am I going to put up against him? I don't know what players he's going to have back. If you know what Coach Simmons, even going back to his days of purview, he coaches on all sides of the ball. I think Xavier Smith had one return. Wasn't for much. I look for him to do more to get that third phase of the game more in length, uh, and that's the punt return. Uh, that that's a that is just a notorious characteristic of Coach Simmons. So I look for him to do something in that. I don't know what it is, but uh, you got to give you got to give Coach Simmons some, some coaching creed, some cred on his ability to get that phase involved. So uh, Jackson State, they're going to look at that pass. They're going to look at that tape. Hey, this is against North Carolina. This uh, BJ said it. This is four and five star folks. I look for that running back that that running game to not be as bad as it appeared on paper. So I'm going to be prepared, but I'm also going to look at that passing attack now. Great points by all of y'all talking about the game last week and getting in a little sneak preview in the next <coughs> Saturday, next Sunday, I should say. It'll be interesting. We'll take a deeper dive throughout the week uh, on the different shows. So continue to listen. And to our second break, stick with us. We'll be right back as we come back and break down the MEAC Select Challenge, which was weird in terms of just how it had to be played. We'll talk about maybe how that affects uh, both teams, and just your thoughts. Uh, I think there is another quarterback in the SWAC that may be a problem for some teams, or at least keep things interesting. We'll take a deeper dive uh, to give you some updates and see what these gentlemen think about uh, Dominique Davis. North, North Shore. <laughs> North Shore. <laughs> North Shore. <laughs> we'll be right back out of this second break. Thank you. Stick with us. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. 
You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Star Backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon, so now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson, like really loves Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left, and who the ball, So listen to Professor Yes, sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. A little bit suck. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Getting into the MEAC SWAC Challenge Celebration Bowl, Black Panther 2, as the commentators kept talking about the ancestors and Different things of that nature. People had questions in regards to why I was Tiffany on the field. Um, I tweeted out a little bit that a lot of this is contractual. and People may not realize it. Not saying I like it, but if we're going to push for this, we need to talk about elevating uh, Tiffany and Jay, getting them a sideline reporter. Charles, we might put you in the mix, see if you're interested in doing some sideline, uh, see if we can get a fan, folks, to push that and get them elevated on the platform. If you look at contractual arrangements, you have ABC, ESPN, and ESPN2, and they have a list of like 10 folks that are on that list that have that assignment to do those Saturday games that are ABC, ESPN, and ESPN2, as I alluded to, and they have the first rights. If you do not have them on a Saturday platform, you're in violation of their contract that they signed for ESPN to do those games. You look on that same link, that breaks down um, who does games. You have Tiffany and Jay sideline and listed for ESPNU games, which is usually where HBCU games are all on and as the HBCU game folks. And you have the play-by-play, uh, the color, and the reporter. Saturday games with HBCUs, they don't have a sideline reporter, just Tiffany and Jay. So this is a combination crew, but the first crew that's on the spot are the ones that contractually get it. And so that's why you see the difference as they add Jay and Tiffany in there. And, and so she's as talented, so they have the ability to do the sideline reporting as well. But just to give you some insight in terms of that this is not just a decision that can be made where they're sliding Tiffany, it's a contractual arrangement. Whether you like it or not, I just at least wanted to make sure that you're informed about what's going on out there. 
let's get back more into the game and what you saw uh, um, off and on. Uh, the biggest concern there was lightning today's. I was getting uh, texts on the second half. We'll bring in AD Drew. He was at the game. He'll give us a little more insight uh, in terms of just how that felt. And folks covering the game, fans, they were tired. So I could only imagine what that looks like in terms of trying to do that. Talk to B.J. Jones being on the college field, see if he's ever experienced that. Talk to Mike and Charles as they played high school. Did they even experience it at the high school level? Um, um, obviously, they've seen it as fans. So we'll get into that breakdown. But I'm going to start with you, Mike, in terms of this go-around. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game? Three lightning strikes. Two minutes left was the last lightning strike. You're going into 1 o'clock in the morning. They were joking. It's me at Swag Challenge after dark. That's a man office, y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> of the pack 12, 10, whatever you want to call a pack eight right now. They they in flux with so much going on. And people joke about that after dark, but it is a television spot they have. Uh, so it uniquely keeps them in a position stronger than some people think. A little less about the business. Mike, what were your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, well, just one thing. If it <clears throat> I saw some uh social media and they were like they took a picture of the game before it started, in between lightning strikes, and then uh, at the end, and they say, man, this is just like some events you go to. You got the main event, then you got the <laughs> folks going home, and then you got other folks. Then by the time you get to the end, that's the after-after. So, so I, <laughs> social media is undefeated. So uh, my takeaways, I think it was a, a roller coaster of emotions that the players were going through. Um, they were ready to get on the field. You prepared for this moment. It's on a big stage. And all of a sudden, hurry up. You get started. Hurry up. Lightning, hurry up, wait. Now you've got, I think the first span was like an hour or so. You know, the coach had to, you know, talk to them. BJ, you've been there. You got folk and they're ready to go and they can't get on the field and play. So you break, you have a downswing in your emotions. Then you get back on the field up and then it's down. So you got to roller coaster events. This is the first game. You're always going to have jitters. You saw some of the plays. There were, you know, some kinks to knock out uh, that as the season gets older. So you had all of that stuff going on, uh, but you had some questions answered. Alabama State, uh, if this was an FBI thing, we, they're going to be a problem. Um, D. Davis, uh, oh, my God, his escapability you heard reports that he was good. I'm from the state of Texas, so I saw him play at North Shore. But his ability, his escapability, I saw some plays. But when my huddle was my hulu was still working, and I, <laughs> I didn't have to fast forward and look at several plays. His escapability is is amazing. It brings you to several quarterbacks of past great quarterbacks, and he was able to extend plays. They knock out some of the kinks in the execution of that offense. And Alabama State's going to be a problem uh, for a lot of teams. So that was my first major takeaway. There are others, and you know I'll go ahead and pass the mic and let others go in. But you know that that roller coaster of emotions and that quarterback play from from D. Davis, it's, it's as advertised. Charles, we've seen this a couple of years ago with that lightning delay that happened for the Labor Day Classic uh, a couple of years ago. That was just annoying, and I guess this, to some degree, was annoying. But whether you want to go in uh, the direction in terms of how you try to watch the game based on the lightning or uh, some key things in the game that, that has you excited, obviously, Demetrius Davis, you're familiar in the Houston area with North Shore. 
Um, mm -hmm. Overall, what are your thoughts on that, that game that took place where Alabama State got it done for the SWAC, 23 to 13? Well, first and foremost, this was huge for the SWAC uh, to go up against a MEAC team and get uh, a victory. Uh, it has been a rough sledding for the SWAC versus the MEAC, especially in this MEAC SWAC Challenge Celebration Bowl. So uh, kudos for Alabama State for, uh, you know, carrying the banter of the SWAC, if you will, and getting that win. Um, it, it, whenever you have weather, especially all of us from the South know this, uh, September, uh, August, September, this is just part of the reality. Uh, I'm not a climate denier. Uh, this is this is going to be the reality from here on out. You know, well, mm -hmm. weather delays, and now because of player safety, and we we know more now. Uh, you're going to have that 30 minute delay uh, after you see lightning strike. So uh, it, it adds to sort of the herky jerkiness of, of watching it. So I can only imagine uh, what those players were, were going through in terms of being up, then back down, and things of that nature. But uh, last night, the country got an opportunity to see. Uh, what we saw here in, in Houston for quite some time. Anytime Demetrius Davis is mentioned in the same breath uh, with the Vince Young from yesteryear, with uh, 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 um, with uh, 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 Kyler Murray uh, at Allen, uh, he's the real deal. And there are certain football players who have this sort of swagger about them that 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 first person is going to miss. Like there is no way one person is going to tackle me. He has that. And that's one of the things that I have noticed with him since the sophomore North Shore uh, uh, to now. Uh, that first person is not going to be able to get their hands on him. You have to game tackle him. He can, and then the other part about him that I think the, the rest of the conference will see, uh, he is still an accurate passer on the move. Uh, that's one of the things that you will notice with him with regards to not only keeping his head downfield, but uh, staying accurate, and that's uh, uh, an attribute that not a lot of quarterbacks have. So um, this was a huge win for Alabama State. I think uh, one of those uh, wins that gets this program jumped off in the right direction. A lot of great points there. Go to B.J. Jones. Obviously, most people have are familiar with you with Southern. If not that, your ties to Alabama, Huntsville area, living in Atlanta. Even some people see you from that perspective, but the hidden truth, people don't realize that you got a little bit of Texas in you uh, coming out of that North Texas area, Dallas Metroplex. And so you're familiar with the talent in Texas, the great high school programs. And I assure you, like most of us have one eye in terms of what's going on in Texas. So even though uh, you see it in Dallas, um, obviously Duncanville SOC will sneak a little bit of that in as you have the head coach from South Oak Cliff connected uh, to Texas Southern University when you talk about HBCU ties. But we're in deep down in Houston with North Shore quarterback, uh, Demetrius Davis, but I want to talk more about Howard. You can sneak it in if you want the other part. Uh, but Howard had a lot of momentum that they thought they'd come into the season. Um, how, does this dampen that any? Can they still get back off the mat? Uh, uh, what are your thoughts in terms of what does this do for the MEAC Howard as they wanted to make their own statement, and it seems like Alabama State was able to do it or lack of Howard making theirs? Where do you want to go when you look at this matchup? Man, uh, really, it's, it's Howard. Man, I talked to some Howard people during the week on last week, and they were just saying that, hey, man, we look at this game as an opportunity to show the world uh, where we are as a program. Mm -hmm. uh, we're tired of being the butt of the jokes. Howard is the Vanderbilt of the MEAC and, and so forth uh, and so forth. <laughs> and and they were chumping at the bit at, at, at this ball game. Uh, and in the early going, Howard looked pretty good. Howard yeah. had an opportunity uh, to go up, and they were getting ready. Uh, to go up, uh, I think it was 14 to nothing or 14 to three, and you got that interception. 
uh, right there on the edge of the red zone that kind of flipped momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Howard did some things okay uh, yesterday. They, they did run the ball for 127 yards on 31 carries. Uh, they were not uh, uh, effective in the pass game. Uh, Quinn Williams, uh, senior quarterback, uh, 17 to 32, only 141 yards, no touchdown passes, and an interception. Alabama State was able to, able to limit Howard to 268 uh, total yards, and mm-hmm. when it mattered, they could not get Alabama State off the field. Uh, so uh, when you look at that for Howard, man, they got to go back to the drawing board. Uh, the season is long. I tell everybody, man, this is chess. It ain't checkers. Uh, so we'll see how they improve moving forward. So many good points. So many good points, guys. We're getting into our, our third break of the first hour, if you would. We'll have a changeover, so stick with us. We are going to get a little bit in that Florida Memorial, Edward Waters, as we come back on top of it. But with that being said, I, I have to talk about Davis. You said his feet. One of the biggest plays was plays he didn't make, where he looks like he was sat dead to right, rolls out to the right after escaping, finds somebody downfield because he could have ran. He wouldn't have got the first down, but he could have got more yards, at least made it interesting. He throws to a guy uh, that actually, in my opinion, was probably pass interfered with uh, that they did not call, and he still put the ball right there in a position where he could make a play. Mm-hmm. The guy got there early and was able to uh, defend it, credit to Howard Bison. But I thought it was a pass interference, but that really tells you uh, an example of how Charles said, and you all alluded to as well, how he uses his feet to keep plays open, but he looks damn field, not just the run. So, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what this looks and trends the rest of the season. Stick with us as we give you our last segment in the first hour. We'll be right back after this break. Talk a little bit about Florida Memorial Edward Waters. One bite of 100% Angus beef ballpark frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. 
Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they want a lot left, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes, sir, yes, sir. and pay attention because he's gonna teach a lesson. Yes. That was pretty. <laughs> Dr. Bill inside the <laughs> Sports Lab, man, a little off the mic talk. We're gonna hold it to the self. I don't want to get nobody in trouble, but great commentary by these guys. Uh, they bring it on and off the mic. With that being said, we wanted to get a little bit into this Florida Memorial Edward Waters matchup. It looked like Florida Memorial was just going to run away with it. And I'm back and forth. The next time I look up, it ends up being a game. And that's what rivalries end up happening. But I'm fascinated about this matchup. Um, D- BJ Jones, tell me a little bit about what were your thoughts in terms of Edward Waters? I mean, the first thing that I saw was, oh, man, Florida Memorial is putting it on them. Um, you know, you know, put some things in our chat. Like, man, how can I watch this? Uh, went in and pulled up. I mean, I mean, Florida Memorial is putting it on them. And and this is something that I could not understand for me, uh, for the life of me. Florida Memorial's defensive line looked like they averaged maybe 230 or 240 across the line of scrimmage. Mm. And I am screaming the whole time. Run the ball down the throats! Run it! <laughs> <laughs> and... and, and I mean, I was screaming the entire time, man, but the Florida Memorial, man, jumped on him. I mean, I actually turned the game off and then went back and checked, and someone said, oh, man, Edward Waters, uh, you know, coming back. And I, and I looked at it, I was like, man, there's no way. Uh, so I don't know how it happened. Uh, came in and caught the tail end of it, man, and Edward Waters almost pulled this thing off. Um, so, man, great ball game. Uh, nice to see, man. There was a lot of kids. This is the thing about Florida Memorial. There was a lot of kids that I saw in at least last few signing days that signed with FAMU for whatever reason, maybe wasn't able to make it in the school that's on that Florida Memorial roster. So you better not sleep on this football team, even though they're, they're, they're just in their second uh, year of uh, existence. So for those that may have turned it off and on, give you a little insight, uh, Florida Memorial jumps out in the first quarter, puts up 13 spot. They come back in the second court and put up another 13 and this is why they're holding Edward Water scoreless so it goes in half 26 to zero they come back um you finally get Edward Waters on the board with seven in the third so it's basically a tell of two halves in a lot of ways but then you have Florida Mortal respond so you're like ah yeah 32-7 all of a sudden you get Edward Waters puts up two more touchdowns so in the third quarter they outscore Florida Mortal 21 to 6 and the score is 32-21 Fourth quarter comes in, uh, Edward Waters <clears throat> puts up uh, a touchdown, so it's 32-28, and all of a sudden, game is on. Uh, but then you have Florida Memorial put out a little more breathing room, puts up another touchdown, if you would, goes up 39-28 and essentially holds on 39-24 with two minutes and 17 left in the game and just hold it out. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of this up and down, two halves essentially of the matchup? between Florida Memorial down there uh, in Miami Gardens, Florida. Go ahead, Mike. Two things. I had only seen Florida Memorial either in person or on TV play a game, and this was a third. The thing that, uh, BJ, was the size of the line. Um, I was like, okay, why are we running? I mean, you look at it, 
uh, Florida Memorial had 382 yards passing total. They had 150 yards rushing. Edward Waters really outrushed them 280 to 150. So that, and then again, data point pause 26 0 at halftime. And you have that kind of lopsided numbers in, you know, passing and rushing. The the second game is what you know. What did you what did you tell what did you tell uh, Florida Memorial in the uh, in the halftime? Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you <laughs> so I would love to have been a fly on that wall. And then what did you tell Ed, Edward Waters? The, my third takeaway from that is Florida. Watch out for Florida Memorial. Uh, they're going to be a team to be bargained with. I was impressed. They were they executing. Yes, Edward Water came back, but there were a lot of uh, executional blunders on the part of Florida Memorial. So I, I say watch out for this Florida Memorial team. They're going to pick up more and more players. They're going to garner more eyes. So I was like, this is a team on, clearly on the uptick. Uh, that's a lot to take away from the game, but that's what I saw with the quality of players they had, wide receivers, running backs. So – yeah, you see B.J. Jones, he's trying to be nice and polite like uh, Charles Bishop was earlier. Uh, Florida Moore travels to Southern next week, so it'll be interesting. To see <laughs> but, Mike, yeah. I know you're talking about really their NIA opponents in Division Correct. I'm just kidding. But uh, you know, out there, Antoine Williams was 25 completions, 382 yards, three touchdowns, and two yep. interceptions. Charles, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, you know, uh, the thing for, for me – uh, I, I looked at the score about midway through the second quarter. So, okay, I can go ahead and book my tea time now. So, I didn't like BJ. I, 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 so yeah, I, I, I lost interest. And then I get to about the third hole and I look, check my phone and I look and see the score. I'm like, what just happened here? So, that was, you know, what was going through my head with this game. But uh, to both of you guys' points, uh, Florida Moore has a lot of talent on the field, uh, a lot of speed. Uh, and that was one of the things that really jumped out, you know, it's like, huh, this is that South Florida speed that they talk about uh, how, how, and uh, BJ, interesting point, you know, uh, for whatever reason, not at uh, FAMU, but found their way to Florida Memorial. And uh, it's, it's a talented bunch, 382 yards passing, uh, over 150 yards uh, rushing. So high octane offense that uh, uh, gets to put it on the road next week in Baton Rouge. Yeah, great points. Uh, before we end this first uh, half of the show, thought it was important to sneak in. We had two African-American high school coaches uh, that are top 25 in the nation, certainly top five uh, in uh, top 10 in Texas in a lot of ways. That's Duncanville playing at the 6A level, been right there. Uh, bridesmaids in a lot of ways for a championship as they can't get over that North Shore hurdle that a lot of us are talking about, including yep. Demetrius Davis in terms mm. of what he gets done. Uh, but then you had South Oak Cliff that won the 5A championship as an urban inner city, uh, i.e. black high school for those uh, over the last couple of years in that matchup. reason we bring that up in terms of HBCUs, not just in terms of what they're doing, but the uh, Texas Southern, uh, I mean, head coach of South Oak Cliff, Southern graduate, came down here to Houston for the PVIL Coaches Association, got award in terms of what he was able to revitalize in a lot of DISD people. They talked about in that show how the principal, and he was part of that, gave everybody in the high school connected with that program state championship uh, medallions, necklaces, as they do in that part. So it was fascinating. Uh, but I know, B.J. Jones, you talked a little bit about some concerns on some coaching. 
uh, decisions that uh, may have allowed that game to get away from South Oak Cliff. Credit to Duncanville to get it done. But, yeah, thought that was fascinating when you touched on that. Um, so I did want to share that. Maybe we'll get some of your thoughts, uh, uh, B.J. Jones, in the second part as we come back. Uh, Charles, anything you want to say quickly on that? Hey, it was a great open week of uh, football in week zero. Uh, Alabama State, uh, kudos to them. Kudos to their fan base, uh, Howard fan base for uh, getting down there to the Swag Me Act Challenge uh, despite, you know, inclement weather. Kudos to FAMU uh, despite the adversity that came down on their program. They showed up and showed out against UNC. It's going to be a great Orange Blossom Classic next week against Jackson State. Mike, any last thing that you want to share? Uh, no, no, kudos again to the Swag Mag Challenge. Despite all the obstacles, I think they were able to get, you know, 20,000 or so folks in. Um, I think CB mentioned it earlier. It was good to see a lot of Alabama State jerseys in, in the stands. You know, I, you expect Howard to have some kind of showing, but, you know, they 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 pretty folks. They're pretty folks. <laughs> you know, they probably had a big screen TV up in the executive suite. They probably had their little star power roll through, but they, they showed up. So I was just happy to see that too as well. So uh, I was happy to see kind of the emergence of some players, Musa, D. Davis. These are players you're going to look forward to. It should make that orange blossom classic. I'm glad it's looking like it's going to look now, which you're going to have a battle, all right, you know, on the field. So. Those are my takeaways. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Great opening weekend of football. Can't get enough of the Florida Memorial game. That one, I, I thought it was like men and boys. Thought it was a runaway. So great way to start the, the uh, beginning of the year. DJ Jones, I know you're going to stick with this. Uh, we're going to take our last break here in terms of the first half. Uh, as I will say this, it sounds like the Eastern Division just got that more interesting. I know we got the king of the hill. It may not change, but everywhere else in there. Uh, be interesting to see if the West can step it up. Uh, BJ Jones says, yeah, just wait. We, we got a team down there uh, in Southern and Rouge. Uh, they plans to do just that. Stick with us. This should be an interesting season. We'll give you more on the second half. This is our last break. For those that can, stick with us. We'll be right back as we exit out Charles and Mike. We'll bring in the second part of the team, and we'll keep it going. We'll stay with us as we come back for another hour. Thank you. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com this is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show.
five star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. One bite of 100% Angus beef ballpark frank and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah. It's ballpark season. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember they can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Press the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And about, so listen to Professor Yesa yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBC Sports Lab for the special edition. It's Sunday as we open things up in week zero, giving you two hours of full uh, information here. We've added in A.D. Drew, uh, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. I had to go back on the assignment. I think Charles had a little golf tee. You know how he does. Mike Washington had Get ready to get on the plane uh, as he does moving around, or is it picking somebody off the plane? I, I don't know. Mike is always as BJ Jones said, the world traveler. We'll see if we can fix all that. But BJ Jones, as we went in the break, we talked a little bit about South Oak Cliff and Duncanville. I did want to give you a chance to give your thoughts on that uh, matchup as we had HBCU ties with the head coach over there uh, uh, from Texas Southern coaching South Oak Cliff. Two big, big. Ball program, South Oak Cliff raising to the top flasher. Duncanville's been right on the edge. Uh, great to have on television two African American coaches at high school leading their program out of the state of Texas, which many people have perennial power. You saw all the talent on the field in terms of uh, those that have offers from some uh, major programs. What are your thoughts in terms of what took place there? Man, it was big uh, as, as a guy that's from Arlington, Texas. Uh, I'm from the 817, Tarrant County. Uh, it is. Fun, fun, I man. told y'all. And, and uh, man, just to see that, uh, growing up there, man, back in the days when we had Carter and Skyline uh, and, and some of those teams up in Dallas that, that were really solid, uh, it, it, there, there has been a buzz about this game all summer. 
Uh, and, and, and people were talking about it all week last week, man. If you looked at the crowd, man, I think it was a sellout. Uh, man, everyone that, you know, in, in, in the DFW area, man, you know, black, man, this was like the Super Bowl. And it was great to see it. Uh, it was something that, we you know, we needed in the DFW. Um, you know, we kind of know what, what transpired in the youth game, you know, a few weeks ago. It was something that we needed needed that was positive. And, you know, the thing about it is, man, for so long, particularly in the DFW, uh, we've lost a lot of our inner city talent um, that have gone to, you know, Seguin and, uh, you know, some of the, you know, the other schools, you know, going out to Mansfield and, you know, uh, you know, just, just some of the other schools that we've, we've lost uh, kids to. And to see, you know, inner city, uh, South Oak Cliff, uh, Duncanville, why not? inner city, it, it ain't the Duncanville that it used to be when when, when we lived down in Texas. It ain't, it ain't that Duncanville uh, uh, you know, so anymore. Uh, it, you know, Duncanville has, has changed from a demographic standpoint. Um, but to, to... And, and, and put on a heck of a game and, and have that much talent on the football field, man, it was just a great thing uh, for the DFW. So, man, if you're in, you know, uh, Dallas County, uh, Tarrant County, man, anywhere in the DFW, man, it was just a great day. Yeah, you talk about that. That that 99-year run really uh, as um, South Oak Cliff couldn't really put a little more pressure on them. And, and in a lot of ways, they should have been up, you know, 17 nothing at mm -hmm. that time. Uh, and if they certainly <clears throat> 13 nothing, you have a chance to really – uh, push them, good, good field position, because that was the whole way they played their first half. And then you had that late, late touchdown uh, that uh, Duncanville put up, and then the one that gave them a little momentum as well. Interesting spots in that matchup. But, yeah, overall, it was certainly an entertaining game. You saw the talent out there. Uh, for the most part, well coached in terms of letting the players play, taking advantage of put them in position to be successful. So great breakdown there, B.J. Jones. I wanted to go to you, A.D. Drew. You were in Atlanta. Uh, for the uh, storm, I don't know what what's the nickname we're gonna call this. Me expect challenge. I guess it's after dark. As everybody was saying is that, is that what talking about people joking on Twitter that uh, they weren't sure they were gonna make that morning service that they're gonna push to the to twelve thirty twelve o'clock uh, <laughs> service. Uh, give us your insights in terms of just how everything went down. You know what was the momentum of that game, and then. After that, I'll ask you a follow-up to talk about the matchup itself. But just give me the, the surrounding, the culture part of what took place there. It, it was the red carpet, the show, and the after party. But it was kind of like when you, when you go out to, to the club and you get there and somebody does something stupid and it just breaks the momentum of your vibe when you was up there dancing, you know, it, mm -hmm. it, it, it's a, two people arguing over there, two people fighting over there. Now, we didn't have anything like that, but that was just kind of the vibe that you got being there in it. You, it was it was, it was, a, it was a good, interesting game, but it was kind of hard to get into the game because you had a 91-minute delay to start the game. Then you had another uh, about 45-minute delay in the first quarter. So when everybody's finally decided to come back in and get, you know, and, and get to the seats, now, now, now you got to clear the stands. And then in the second half, you could actually see 
the lightning from the stadium, but it's what you know what everybody terms as heat lightning. And uh, NCAA has a rule: if there's a lightning strike within eight miles of the facility, you got to shut it down for a minimum of thirty minutes. And we was like, "Oh, we go get this game in. Oh, we go get this game in." And everywhere you can hear the press box was like, "Please run the ball." Please run the ball so this clock don't stop. Please continue to uh, run the ball. And you can even see the urgency in the officials because as things were going, when you would have a stoppage, uh, when a player was hurt, as soon as, soon as that player got up on the feet, beep, 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 they were blowing the whistle. All right, everybody else, get back out here. So as soon as he get off, as soon as he get to that sideline, we're blowing this ready for play. That was the, that was the urgency that you could see in the in the officiating. So, you know, it was for lack of, it was hard for any team to get any type of momentum in that game. But speaking of momentum, Howard had the momentum early going into the first weather delay. Howard was driving. Howard, yeah, Howard was driving. Defense was hot. Offense was looking good. And then it's like when they went into the locker room, Howard kind of lost that, lost the momentum. And Coach E. Rob just kind of, it, 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 it was like he, he woke up. It's like, all right, I'm in a real game now. I'm in a college game because Alabama State looked like garbage before that first uh, before that first weather delay. They came out the first play after the weather, after the weather delay. They should have had a touchdown, except for the fact that the referee blew the play dead due to uh, encroachment by the defense. Drew up, a, drew up a beautiful play while he was in there. I mean, he had, he had an hour to figure out which play he was going to run, so he didn't outthink himself on that one. And E-Rob got into the referee, was like, why did you blow a dead? That should have been a free play. So, but they were able to go ahead and capitalize on that drive. It just took them a little bit longer to uh, capitalize on that drive. And from that point on, Alabama State had the momentum. Howard, Howard shot themselves in the foot. Howard left at least three touchdowns out mm. there on, on, on the board. So just, just think about the trajectory of this game. The score was only 23-13. You take, you take those and turn those into touchdowns, those three possessions I'm talking about into touchdown. We're looking at an add in the field goal. We're talking a 24-24 ball game where at 1 o'clock in the morning, they can't call the game because you're in a one-possession game. So there was a lot to be said. Two, two other quick points. A, attention, everybody. The SWAC is now back in the challenge. You know, they, they, there was a rumor they were considering just dropping the SWAC name out of the challenge and just talking <laughs> it the BAC challenge because the SWAC had not shown up in the challenge in, in, in many a year. And to Mike's point, Mike was talking about the Howard people up in the uh, up in the suites and everything like that. Mike, wrong data point. There were more Alabama State people up in the suites than how than Howard on, on the suite level. So BJ Jones knows a little bit about that Alabama State one. People think them folks ain't got no money in Alabama State. Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 yeah. Despite the Howard, I guess the Howard people get in the atmosphere. The Alabama State people up there. Uh, partaking in the uh, in the air conditioning. That's that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We'll come back and get your thoughts on D. Davis. I do want to get your uh, thoughts on that. Uh, let's take uh, uh, 
first break of the second hour. We'll stick with us. We'll be right back after the break. We'll get a little more talk on uh, AD's thoughts in regards to the play on the field in that game. He kind of gave you the cultural perspective in that. We'll come back, stick with us. Uh, we'll be right back after this break. And I got some more breakdown. I want to get DJ Jones to really analyze that game in itself as well. Stickers will be right back after this first break in the second hour. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they want to love yeah, and who's about. So listen to Professor Yes, sir, yes sir. and pay attention because he's gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with a little bonus hour here. Uh, uh, extra credit, as they say, a little extra. We won't go to full hours, but I want to give you a little extra as we're opening things up this week zero. Uh, I'm going to go back to you, A.D. Drew, but I'm going to start with B.J. Jones. You, you heard A.D. Drew talk about, obviously, the culture aspects that go there. Um, I wanted to ask you, have you ever experienced playing in a game with a lightning delay? Yes. Yes. Talk, talk a little bit about how you dealt with that or how the team dealt with that. What, what, when did that happen? And give the fans and the listeners a little more in terms of being in the locker room and experiencing that yourself. Oh, man. So I uh, dealt with one, well, probably one of the games I'm probably the most hype about, and that was going back home. Uh, we played Alabama wow. A&M for their homecoming um, in 2004. And uh, so that was a big one for me. My mom's alma mater, alma mater for half of my family. Uh, so just going back up there and right before the game was supposed to start, I think it was supposed to be like a 1.30 uh, start. Game didn't start until about 2.30. Uh, we didn't actually get a chance. We warmed up. 
and then the bottom fell out and and now you just sit and you 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 know you wait um so you go from high and then have to uh you know come all the way back down and and then now you got to get that drilling back pumping uh, so man it, it it's not an instant thing and just think about last night Howard and Alabama State had pregame meal at 3 p.m. yesterday. That game didn't end to almost what? It was one, of, one, it was almost, it was one ten when they called. It was one ten a.m. by the time that game was over, man. That, that's a long day, man. And I mean, it, it takes a, a lot uh, to keep yourself that motivated and that ready to go for that amount of time. So it, it's not an easy thing to deal with. Getting, getting into that, thanks for sharing that insight there. A.D. Drew, uh, talk to me a little bit about the Howard defense. What were you saying uh, that impressed you about the Howard defense? I know their MVP, that defensive tackle there, uh, he was solid uh, all game long for sure. Yeah. How, Howard defense really, really made your plays. The problem with Howard's defense, despite, despite giving up those 24 points, is the offense didn't help them out. Because the offense, a lot of times, left them with with short fields, and when the offense had the ball, there were there were, there were, there were multiple three and outs, and the offense was not able to put up a touchdown until late, which left all the pressure on the defensive side. Now, the defense put put pressure on Demetrius Davis, and early it looked like Demetrius Davis was more hype than promise early because of because of the Howard's defense. But kind of kind of like what B, what BJ said. I guess when they went into the into the locker room and it, it, it wasn't that natural break that you get at halftime. You know, they went in and it, it looked like the Howard defense just got cold and could not come back out and get it and get it going. Now the one good thing about being at uh, Central Park Stadium is the fact that because it is the old baseball stadium, there is a lot of room to warm up in the portion of the stadium that they are no longer using for the team. Unlike which what we may have at some of our HBCU stadiums, where you really have if you have the field and that's it at the at the actual stadium, unless you just happen to have a your practice facility happens to be adjacent to the stadium. So you know these these teams had a little bit of an advantage and that, where if this happens in week three, you know, it, it may have been a a more ragged game, for lack of a better word. But great point there, uh, BJ Jones. I want to talk to you a little bit about Howard's MVP of that game, Jevin Jackson, defensive lineman. Uh, he talks. He makes me think of somebody that uh, I was excited about over the years. Now a little nervous about the uh, Demetrius <laughs> Dumas <laughs> over there. <laughs> And I see you smiling because, man, I just think that defensive front from Southern uh, is going to be quietly slept on until they uh, smack a couple of in the mouth. But what did you see in Jevin Jackson? Man, he has a motor. Um, his ability, if you look at it, particularly in the first half, he disrupted the read option. Um, mm. If he didn't make the tackle, he drove the center, or whoever was uh, blocking him, back into the backfield. He made a lot of plays, may not have shown up on the stat sheet, and that's what you want from a defensive lineman. Uh, he gave Davis fits all night last night. He he really came to play. And he's a guy that jumped off the screen for me for hours. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what he's able to do. 
um, defensively. If Howard can get some momentum offensively, uh, I think that you're going to see that they are still a team to be reckoned with in the MEAC. The defense, I thought they were solid. Amy Drew just gave you a breakdown. Uh, before we end this segment in the show, Eddie Drew, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about the Battle of the Bangs, who in a lot of ways had to showcase a lot of this game, particularly with all these stops and breaks. And so they didn't have the post-game battle, but they had that during the breaks. Uh, but in terms of halftime, what did you see in halftime? What was your analysis? I know you might not be a bandhead like some of these people out here. Uh, I, I mean, Boom Holly out there will break that down as well. And then I'll chime in and tell you what my son said about the National HBC Battle of the Band, give you some insights on that here in Houston. But what are you, what were your thoughts in terms of the halftime? Shout out, shout out to the bands for doing what they do, because just like the football players had to go through it, the bands had to go through it. You know, their body clock, they are, they were an hour and a half, hour 45 later performance. So mentally, they had to get ready to get out there on the field and put on a show for the fans that that remained there in, in the stands for the for the halftime. Howard came out first, and it, it, and it may it may be a it may be a cultural thing. Howard's performance to me was a little more laid back. You know, you 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 didn't see some of the. Some, some of the normal movements and some of the uh, formations that we are accustomed to seeing with some of our fans here in the in the South. So maybe that was a little bit of bias on me because I'm used to seeing the, the show. And Howard was more of a performance, if, if I'm making sense in that in that analogy. They got out there, hey, great, great sound, great, great movement, but it just it just didn't have the flair that I was used to seeing, whereas Alabama State uh, it has showed ha had a lot more flair. And then, let's be real, how you gonna top the honeybees coming to close it out if, if you were Howard? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Great point. So you're saying Alabama State did theirs, you because know, when we talk about the marching sport, the way we do the top ten poll, you know, we got winners and losers. You know, all this fanfare, you know cheering my band look good and get excited no this they said it's a march sport anything i know dj jones about sport ad drew you play a sport there's a winner and a loser other than maybe the matches on soccer they do have a draw but generally speaking when we talk about is there's got to be a w and an l you know that's what it is so you're saying alabama state won that well yesterday we had the national battle of the bands we had eight programs there kentucky state and t uh, uh, obviously the perennial programs and they showed up and showed out the top three programs. I saw Grambling was there. They, they did well. Uh, but if I had to tell you the top four, I've saw there starting with number four, Kentucky state continues due to the upset. They're small, uh, but they bring it a lot of sound, a lot of pizzazz they represent. And when you take in all of that, they find a way to sneak in the top four and get it done at number three surprising to uh, some, it was Southern. They did their normal job, but the bar is so high that it's sometimes it's unfair for Southern in terms of the jukebox. I have them at three. And number two, sneaking in there was the storm. They got the house. I think that was a cheat code being in Houston. Uh, they did what they did. They opened it up really well. 
I had a Southern guy that was in the band that was sitting next to me. He even dropped his head a couple of times during the Prairie View show as he was shaking his like, damn, they got us. They got us. So I had to give a little credit there. And this is according to Deuce, so take it for what it's worth. Uh, my son, as he breaks it down. But Prairie View was two, a really solid. Those top three, they was close in terms of, but they defeat all the other ones, A and T, as they, as they break them down in terms of what's going on. Number one, Bethune-Cookman. Came in there, uh, they did the show, did the music, and it got to a point that they had people vibing in there so much. You got the scene where you see in the stadium where people have up their phone and they turn on their lights. There's a couple of folks at first before the end of the show, that whole side, it was both sides, but you could see the far side, obviously. You had dozens and hundreds, if you would, really, in terms of the light show there. So Bethune-Cookman uh, really brought it. Uh, got the energy and got most of the house there. Undoubtedly, they were number one uh, bringing it home as they got it done. Uh, the Marching Wildcats uh, showed up and showed out, uh, fascinating in so many different ways in terms of what they get done. So that's my analysis. A little bit of cheat code of what you'll see this week. We had a boulders talk a little bit more about what that looks like in terms of how we're going there. With that being said, uh, let me get the last point in here. Um, as we talk about these matchups, uh, anything that sticks out there that you're looking for for next week? What are your top two or three games that you got your eyes on, AD Drew? Uh, I, obviously, for me, since I am the SIAC reporter, I'm going to stay with uh, two matchups in the SIAC. First one is going to be Albany State versus Mississippi College. That game will be Saturday, played in Albany, Georgia. This is a game last year that Albany State pretty much put themselves on the radar for everyone in Division II, especially in Super Region II, with a 24-0 victory over Mississippi College at their place. This is the return game in that home-and-home -home series. So if Albany State is going to reestablish itself in Super, uh, Super Region II and possibly get a higher than a 4 seed. This is, this is step one for Albany State. They're really going to have to do good out of conference because, you know, because of the lack of respect for the SIAC opponents. We know that they're good, but the pollsters don't respect the rest of the SIAC conference. Also, number two for me is going to be Tuskegee-Fort Valley. This game will be Sunday, played at Crampton Bowls in Montgomery, Alabama. Storyline right there, victory number 700. Next victory for Tuskegee, which will be Coach Reginald Ruffin's first victory as a head coach at Tuskegee, will be number 700 all time for the Golden Tigers as they are 100 victories clear of anyone else in HBCU football. So that's going to be the sort of line. Will it, will it come this week? Will it come, ne will it come next week? When will it come? Number 700 for Tuskegee. With that being said, B.J. Jones, uh, give me your top two or three matchups that you're looking for, or even for next week. Oh, man. Um, Stephen F. Austin uh, was ranked number 10 in the country, and they got it laid on them by Jacksonville State on national TV uh, yesterday. But the Lumberjacks got to go to Lorman, Mississippi next week. So it will be a big opportunity for Alcorn State to make a statement, not only a statement for Alcorn State, but a statement for the SWAT. So I think that's a big ball game. Labor Day Classic down there um, in Prairie View. 
a Prairie View and Texas Southern, a, a game that's near and dear to your heart, Doc. I think that this is a statement game for Texas Southern. I think Prairie View really wants to know what they have. Uh, you know, new regime coming in. I think that that's the key matchup, a conference matchup, divisional matchup, on top of being a, a rivalry. And then there's another conference slash divisional matchup on the eastern side, Florida A&M, the Jackson State and the Orange Blossom Classic next, next Sunday down in Miami Gardens. Uh, that's going to be a big one. And if I had to pick another one uh, out of that batch, uh, I would say North Carolina a and and North Carolina Central in the Duke's Mayo Classic. Uh, how do the Aggies uh, look um, after a, a down year last year? And can NC Central build on the momentum that they had the, the latter part of last year? So those are the big, uh, the big four matchups that I'm looking forward to. Great points made there. Uh, my son Deuce wants to come in and say who he officially said won the National Battle of the Bands. and see it there. Go ahead and tell the people. Alabama. A&M? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's being nice to his mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to the Alabama A&M uh, as the band there. They are solid. They were there. They did a great show. But uh, kudos We'll release it this week in terms of the marching sport on Thursday. We'll release uh, our polls early Tuesday, give you some more love. So get ready as we do our thing. Uh, great final thoughts by our guest, BJ Jones, AD Drew. We're going to close it out here. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Camille, the dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the college of HBC Sports with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop, uh, BJ Jones on the Sunday edition. We'll continue moving forward with this, so stick with us. We have another guest. We'll bring in somebody from the MEAC. We're going to give them a chance to get some spotlight as we get into season so we can have a well-rounded. And you know you always have um, the designated hitter, A.D. Drew, that comes in and backs clean up in so many different ways to hit it out the park as we get it done. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Mills Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday. Let me give some love before we close out to Brian. I know he's off screen. What were your thoughts in terms of family, North Carolina? Go ahead and tell the people what you think. Um, so I, I got to say, Doc, um, if, if you're hearing me, uh, it, it was a great showing. It was yes, a great showing. Yeah, great showing by Florida A&M. And I think uh, Jackson State better get ready. Better get ready. Here come, here come, here come the Rattlers, baby. We 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 are not dead. That 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 Rattler head will rise up, and it's going to strike, and it's going to strike, and it's going to strike again, baby. Oh yeah, perfect way to end it. As you can see, what will go on tonight with Brian uh, and uh, AD of the Sports Rap, BJ Jones. When are you going to uh, start to bring it back your show? I know it's close in regards to this football season. We're in it. Give some people some love and let them know when you're going to do your thing. Next Sunday, man, we're going back inside HBCU football. So uh, when you get done listening to Brian and A.D. Drew, I'm coming right behind them, man. We're going inside HBCU football, man. And we got a full week of games to dive into, man. I'm ready, and I hope you guys are excited because I am. Catch us every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock on Sunday morning at 9 before you head off to church service. Make sure you check us off. Uh, we look forward to next week as we just discuss the latest news in the lab. Make sure you download my JBN, my BCSN. Make sure you check out again Sports Wrap with Brian and AD. They give you a breakdown of all there is in terms of 
HBCU sports and the culture as well. BJ Jones, as he's telling you, HBCU football, he's going to give you that. Check in the pregame show. Uh, you know what we do Tuesday and Thursday, ONG Strike Zone on Wednesday. And then you obviously have the Knights of the Roundtable on Monday. We'll continue to give you that HBCU love. Keep an eye on. We got more coming. And then Saturday, we're going to give you our HBCU uh, wrap-up in terms of what to think as we get into it. And then, you know, you have the Paulus Brown uh, show as well on Saturday. So all things right here, if you want to get all your insights, HBCU Sports News is right here. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's inside the HBCU Sports Lab. One on Facebook, inside the HBCU Sports Lab on YouTube. Uh, dream big. Continue to move forward. We'll talk with you soon. DJ? Of course. AD? Lecture. Dismissed.